Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker. In each episode, I have a guest sharing their story and advice on getting into cybersecurity. And today I'm excited to have on the show Andrew Hoffritz. Uh, thanks for, for joining, Andrew. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, just trying to think back to, to how long we've known each other, what, since uh, like 2017 or so? Yeah, it was when we both first started out at uh, WGU. I was a complete newbie <laughs> back back then. So, um, but yeah, it's been it's been about five years now. So it's been a, it's been a good bit. Yeah, time flies. It's it's kind of funny to, to look back because I think we're at that time both looking at the. Were you also looking at the software development degree as well? I was. I wanted to get into programming, um, but obviously my course has shifted now since we're. Uh, well, well, excuse me. Since I'm in cybersecurity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, I was going to do. Uh, you know, because I was working in cybersecurity, I want to learn how to code. So I thought if I was going to get a degree get one in software development. And then as I kind of got into that, I switched to cybersecurity because I thought really the main, my main goal for going back to school was to get a four-year degree. So uh, I kind of switched to that, you know, wanting to be able to get through it a little quicker and then started teaching. And so I kind of uh, never completed it myself. So it's uh, I go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So, um, I the reason why I wanted to get into coding because I had actually gotten my first, I guess you could call it my first technical job. Um, I got uh, a job as a SEO specialist. So, it wasn't really technical, I guess. Um, it was more on the marketing side. But I, because um, I graduated with a marketing degree from uh, Georgia State University, and you know, I kind of wanted to get into more of like the technical side of stuff. So I figured, you know, an SEO specialist was a good place to start because obviously you deal with, you you have front end and back end SEO and st- stuff like that. And, um, I figured, you know, with a software development degree that could kind of pursue my path to become a web developer and, you know, kind of go from there as far as like developing applications and stuff like that. But, you know, I started getting into it and, uh, the company I was working for at the time, um, I ended up very doing very minimal SEO stuff and actually more systems administration stuff at the end of the day. So my, um, my duties kind of shifted from working on websites to actually working on databases. (laughs) Oh, very cool. So yeah, before we get too far into the show, I guess I should back up and uh, have you to introduce yourself and kind of share how you got started. Yep. So um, I'm Andrew Hoffritz. Uh, I've been in uh, cybersecurity for about 
five to six years now, um, if you include my system administration experience as well. Um, yeah, so I guess, sorry, sorry to skip ahead a little bit there, but piggybacking uh, back to where I started my first position as an SEO specialist, um, I uh, got the role to work on websites and, you know, help our the company at the time with marketing techniques and stuff like that. And I uh, ended up transitioning into a systems administration role where I started dealing with uh, um, uh, SQL databases and um, doing, you know, password resets, you know, a lot of like help desk support. And obviously my head was spinning because I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. So I had to use Google for a lot of things. And um, the uh, the system administrator at the time, uh, he trained me a little bit before he left. Um, but it, obviously it wasn't enough training to, you know, wrap my head around what I was getting into. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I quickly identified what needed to be done and, um, you know, learned what I needed to learn. And, you know, I became very successful at the job. And from there, I kind of realized that I wanted to move more into a technical role. Um, so I got my second job as a, um, systems administrator at a small real estate company where I did anything from, you know, server server admin, firewall admin, um, help desk support. I was pretty much, a you know, one man show for, uh, one office, um, that was hosted in Alpharetta. So, um, we had, you know, with it being real estate, we not only had, you know, an endpoint or workstations, we also had BYODs and stuff we had to deal with as well. Um, so it was, it was a good amount of devices to, you know, have to keep track of, um, so that that kind of where that that job is where my aspirations kind of delve into me wanting to get into security because um, I implemented a lot of security policies and stuff like that at that position, and uh, I don't know, uh, just the the knack for cybersecurity just you know really in, intrigued me, and uh, from there I. Uh, you know, I worked at that real estate firm for about two and a half years, and I found a position at um, my current where my current company um, for uh, just a uh, low level uh, level one security analyst is what we can call it. Um, so I did you know basic uh, you know log review um, reports, uh, you know basically you know the first level of support any security analyst will do. And then, you know, I quickly moved my way up to, you know, like a level two security analyst. Um, we did, you know, from there we did log analysis. Um, I was on the team when we introduced um, MDR or managed detection and response. So, you know, we obviously had to deal with um, long reports, you know, provide any, you know, tactic remediations um, and provide, you know, kind of like a short story of any type of alert that would come across. And, um, you know, that's obviously that's just like a high level overview. We obviously did a lot more than that. Um, but uh, now I'm in um, incident response. Um, I'm part of the uh, triage team. So my my essential job is to scope incoming I incidents um, to kind of understand the nature of the incident and, um, you know, identify how our, how our, our team can assist. Um, so we do a lot of, uh, evidence collection. We do a lot of, um, 
you know, we talk through uh, immediate remediations, um, you know, and then once we get the initial engagement started, we pass it to our other consultants who begin the log analysis and stuff like that. So, um, again, that's kind of like a high level overview of how I got started. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for, thanks for sharing your story. And so, uh, you know, I know you were originally going to school for, for software development. So how, what did, how did education play a role in getting to where you are now? Was it just been, uh, just mainly, uh, on the job kind of training that's gotten you where you're at, or was there any kind of education background, any kind of courses or certification courses or anything like that, that you did to get you to where you're at today? Yeah. So, um, so I actually, my, my initial bachelor's degree was in marketing. So I actually had no idea I was going to get into, you know, cybersecurity, let, let alone information technology. Um, the, the job just kind of landed on my lap, I guess you can say, um, because I went to school for one thing, you know, it is true when people say that, you know, you go to school for one thing and you end up doing something completely different. Um, I'm a perfect example of that. Um, you know, I went to school, like I said, for marketing and, um, the, the jobs that I took kind of landed me where I'm at now. So yes, you could say education did play a role. Um, cause after I'm, after my marketing degree, um, and after being in my technical role for a couple months, I kind of realized that I didn't really want to do marketing anymore. So I made the decision to go back to school to obviously initially start in software development to get another bachelor's degree. But I kind of thought to myself, um, you know, this is something I can learn on my own. Um, so I actually transitioned from my software development course into my master's course in uh, information technology. So, um, cause I kind of figured I already had a bachelor's degree. I didn't really see a point in spending more money to go back to get another degree for something I can learn, you know, that I can self-study and learn on my own. So obviously I, I kind of felt like a master's degree would be a little bit more important than another bachelor's degree. Um, and then, yeah. And then after that, um, as far as certifications goes, you know, I have a, you know, I have a handful of certifications. Um, I have two from, um, our, the famous SANS. Um, I have the GCFA and GBFA. Um, I have a, uh, from CompT, I have Linux plus, um, from, uh, I can't remember the name of the other one. It's, uh, oh yeah. Um, e-learning. I think they got bought out by someone. I don't remember the exact name of it. Um, but, um, I have the EJPT, the, uh, I think it's like the certified digital forensics professional and then the web application testing one and then the incident response planning one, I think it's called. Um, but no, I have, I do have a couple, um, I definitely think certifications are important because um, it, it, it's not really supposed to prove. I'll, actually, let me rephrase that. It is. <coughs> excuse me. Um, so it, it's it's a good it's middle ground to prove that you can learn concepts, I guess, because um, I've, you know, obviously certifications and degrees are one thing. Um and I, I, I do think they're important to prove that you can learn the material, but I think the real experience is going to come from learning on the job. 
uh, because, you know, stuff that you learn in your certifications, you know, you might not be able to apply to your everyday job. So, you know, in, in my opinion, um, you know, having having the background of, of learning different things is great, but it's I think it's ultimately going to come down to what you're learning um, on the job where, you, where you'll be most successful. Uh, very cool. Since we kind of mentioned we're talking about education, uh, what is your view on certifications? Do you think they're required to, to get started in cybersecurity? I don't think they're required, but I, you know, it definitely shows, um, you know, I think it definitely shows that you can grasp the, the, the knowledge that, you know, that you can learn new stuff. Um, I, you, you know, like I said, um, you know, it's like we talked about in my podcast, you know, it's, there's a difference between people who self-study or who's really motivated to go get certifications. Um, and, and you know, it's, you know, it, there, it, I, I do know the, the big, there is that big HR block, you know, when people looking at resumes and stuff, like you have to have, that's sort of like a checklist that you have to have. So I, I, I do, I, I do think it is important to have one or two um, just to prove that you can grasp the knowledge. But as far as, you know, certifications goes, you know, a lot of that can be done on self-study or you can, you know, obviously take training courses, um, all the training courses I've done, my company's paid for. So you, you don't have to break the bank on that. You know, obviously it's, it's something you can apply to your daily job. And what, and then kind of on the same subject, what do you think about degrees? Do you think degrees are required uh, to get your foot in the door? So yes and no. So for me, I wish I would have gone back um, through my bachelor's degree for something else, um, for like computer science or something. Um, so as far as getting a degree itself, um, I do think it's important to at least get an associate's degree. Um, and that's something I'm going to pass down to my kids as well. Um, you know, wh wh whether, if you know, I'll, you know, I'll support anything they want to do, but as far as like getting that initial degree, I, you know, I think it's important to either get a socials degree or go to trade school or, you know, whatever they want to do all hundred percent support, obviously what they want to do. Um, but I think it's important for that initial footstep, um, just to kind of, you know, get that initial two year degree, um, just so you have some type of credentials, um, that you can show to people that you have went to school for something. Yeah, that, that's good advice. Cause I think one of the things we look at too is, you know, I think the big four consulting firms several years ago uh, dropped their requirement for four year degrees. And I'm not really sure if they dropped the requirement for degrees all altogether, but one of the things, you know, that's kind of driven that is the fact that the shortage of it people um, and security people, that they need those people and trying to find people with the check, all the boxes can be kind of difficult. And, and so one of the things I kind of see and think if someone's, you know, wanting to get in the industry, especially, you know, you're new in the industry, I think it's a good idea to have some sort of degree because one day if they ever catch up where there's enough people and they start getting more picky, I think they're going to, to require you to have more things like certifications and, and degrees. Yeah. No, 100% agree. And especially if you do want to get into management, um, I, I know that obviously that's going to require an extensive background. Um, 
you know, for, you know, master's of science, MBA, because um, obviously at that point, it's more than just technical at that point, you know, you have to make business decisions and stuff like that as well. Um, so, but yeah, but no, go, initially starting out, I think for right now, just an associate's degree is plenty um, from, you know, from my standpoint anyway. Okay, thanks for, for, for sharing your thoughts on that one. Another thing that comes up a lot, a lot of questions that, that I hear of and, and get a lot too is do you need to know how to code to get into security? Yeah. So, um, no, I'm going to say no. Um, so you, you don't need to know. I mean, yes, it is extremely helpful and it, it can definitely, you know, exceed your job timeline tremendously. But in my current job, um, I, I really don't need to know um, that much coding. Um, it, it does help to know, you know, very level basics. And, you know, obviously, if you're referring to coding, you know, we're talking about, you know, like HTML, uh, Python, stuff like that. But as far as like um, coding from like a, you know, operating system standpoint, like Linux, um, you know, we use Linux and AWS all the time. Um, and I have to know very you know, low, low level, you know, scripting knowledge, um, to, to, to execute some commands. Um, but obviously that's, that's the big thing that's going to differentiate, um, you know, actually learning how to code Python, you know, JavaScript versus like the actual operating system, um, command line stuff, PowerShell, Linux and stuff like that. So, um, as far as, yeah, but yeah, sorry to go back to your question. As far as like the the second, I don't really know how to describe it. It's like you you can have like a secondary coding as far as you know, like Python. You know, having that extended coding knowledge is helpful, but um, having basic level coding skills um, like Linux and PowerShell and stuff like that is is important, but it's not necessarily required. So yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that response. It's just kind of interesting because one of the things I like to discuss that and share with people is there's too many cases I've seen people that want to be pen testers and they're saying you know they'll say to themselves or say yeah I'm going to learn Python first and once I learn Python then I'm going to do this and sometimes people get too bogged down on, on prerequisites that they really pre prevent themselves to getting on the path to that original goal. So I really like to make sure to share to people that while these things are good and maybe, uh, you know, be able to code once you're kind of into the, the field, keep that as a goal to work on, but don't let that prevent you from, from starting. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, when I, when I was on the level two analyst, like, um, we, we, we called it security analysis, but you know, we didn't really do, I mean, it was my job to read code, um, obviously read, you know, different command lines from, you know, the parent tree, child tree, you know, reading the whole process tree, but we didn't really type, you know, we didn't really type or code, I guess, um, the, the, the closest thing we did, we had to build, um, you know, regex for, you know, specific rules and stuff like that. But, you know, nothing, nothing really like hard, you know, like hard on the keyboard coding type stuff. So, so as far as like a security analyst perspective, I, I, I don't think it's really necessary. Um, it, it is helpful and knowledgeable to know how to do that and how to read it. Um, but, you know, how, having to physically type on the keyboard to code, I don't think it's necessary. Um, 
And that's good. You know, it's good to good to get your perspective on it. Cause one of the things we see in the industry too, and I don't think it's, you know, there, there is a lot of gatekeeping, but I think sometimes uh, some of that is people sharing their experience. Someone has been in the industry 20, 30 years or 15 years, they kind of share their experience where they came from and they kind of think that's the way everyone needs to learn because I run into people that ask me, do I need to be on the help desk, desktop support or assist admin before I can be a pen tester? And I tell them, yeah, you don't have to do that. Those skills are important to have and you can learn those without actually doing the jobs and some of the advice they're getting you know, it's kind of discouraging people or prolonging them from really starting their, their actual goals. Yeah. And, you know, that's where the concept of self-study comes in. I mean, anything and everything can be learned. It's just, you have to take the time to know how to do it. Yeah. That, I think that's a good point as well too, because sometimes if you've got a project at work, you've got to do this certain thing. You don't always have time or the budget to take a SANS course or whatever other course to learn that topic, you've got to learn it sooner. And in some cases too, to be able to use more current content, because even some of the education providers out there, sometimes the content gets behind. I mean, SANS, I really hadn't experienced that with so much, but I've seen some other providers that some of their content gets outdated by, you know, years and, there's newer and better ways of doing things. So sometimes, you know, be able to, to learn on your own is, is a, a really good uh, valuable asset to, to, to know. And I, and I can't stress enough, you know, the amount of resources on the internet. I mean, there's so many free resources to learn. I mean, there's just so many people that are willing to share their knowledge, especially in the cybersecurity industry. You know, there are people post YouTube videos all the time. Like they, you know, they show how to do things certain ways. Um, you know, there's a handful of people I like to watch sometimes on how to do things. And, you know, even today in my job, I mean, there's stuff that I don't know how to do and I have to Google. I mean, you know, we're not going to be able to know everything. You know, there's obviously some areas that I'm really good in and then some areas that I'm very weak in. And those areas that I'm very weak in, you know, it's my job to, you know, study up on those things to make sure um, that I'm knowledgeable in those areas when the time comes that I have to be. So as far as, you know, you, you're mentioning researching and you've talked about Googling things. Uh, is there any way, any source that you use to uh, maintain the research? So if you're finding different research, how do you save that research to be able to go back and uh, refer to that later on? Or in this includes maybe any kind of your favorite note taking tools? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one that I was recently introduced to, um, I like using Obsidian. Um, that, that it's a it's a tool where you can. It's kind of like a really cool, uh, kind of like a command line type note taking tool. It's pr it's pretty cool. Um, I, I just recently started using it, so I'm not any expert in it by any means, but um, I like jotting down notes in there for stuff I like to use. Um, you know, just using a simple Word document, too, is, is good. Um, you know, for short stuff that I want to go back and review on, I use Notepad++ as well. Um, so I use a variety of different things because um, I don't, you know, for me, I'm, I'm not a person that likes to stick with one thing, so I have to be complicated. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. And sometimes sometimes bookmarks get too difficult to, to navigate to, just having a bookmark, you know. Uh, sometimes oh, it just yeah. doesn't, doesn't do the trick. 
Yeah. And, you know, as far, you know, as far as resources, I mean, I use there, there's so many, so many different resources I use. I mean, it's it, honestly, it's whatever Google brings up to find the answer, but you know, I use yeah, for, for actual like learning. So I'm, I'm studying the, the CISP right now. Um, that's what I'm trying to tackle. So, you know, I'm obviously having to use tons of different resources. I'm, um, using LinkedIn learning. Um, I'm using, uh, it's, uh, uh, boasting exams. I found a re, uh, free resource online. It's called Wiley Learning. Go figure. <laughs> um, but it, it's a it's a free it's a free uh, university course that this that that the student posted. Uh, re- really cool. Um, you know, there, it's only it, you know, I think he's only into like the first like three or four domains out of the eight. So, uh, but it, you know, really cool that he's taken the initiative to, you know, make it free and stuff. And there's a ton of people signing up. So, you know, that's something I've been reviewing as well. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how the resources have, uh, improved over the years for, for the CISSP. I did mine back in 2002 and it was a very fo- popular site back then ccure.org. And there was limited resources on practice tests and stuff too, because I think back then when I was studying, uh, Sean Harris's book was the new, the new CISSP study guide or book that came out at the time. So it's Mm. interesting to see how that, how that's uh, changed over the years. And another thing that's interesting about certifications is how well known they are by the mainstream public. Because when back, whenever I got the, uh, CISSP back in 2002, you know, only people that worked in IT, typically mainly security people knew about it. But nowadays, some of the certs, even like OSCP that weren't very well known, you know, 10 years ago or so now people even not even in industry know about these certs. So it's kind of interesting how there's more awareness to the different certifications now, even outside of our field. Right. And, the, you know, the other thing is the availability of having the option to take different certifications as well. Um, that, that, that's, that's exponentially grown over the years as well. Yeah. And also it's been, it's also great to all the content creators out there. So there's some really good content out there now, some free educational stuff that's evolved. I mean, we're just kind of living in a good era for anyone that's wanting to get into content creation. Uh, I had Heath Adams on the podcast, at one point, and he was referring to John Hammond. John Hammond had been doing content creation and walkthrough videos a lot longer than a lot of the other people. But whenever he was doing it, the timing just wasn't all that great. And it took years for people to kind of catch on to him, where some people were just starting in the industry at the right time, you know, were able to gain visibility fairly quickly. So there's some good resources out there. Absolutely. With your with your marketing background, have you leveraged any of the things you learned to help your personal brand to help you professionally? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So definitely the, the marketing degree definitely has helped, um, from a customer service background. Um, I, I feel like I've been able to utilize a lot of, um, knowledge cause my, my very, very first job out of college, I was a, I was a telemarketer. So I, I know people are going to be like, Oh, you were one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was my job. It was my job to make about a hundred calls a day. So that is where I really, really 
you know, my, my background in customer service came from, um, because obviously I dealt with a lot of people who were very annoyed to hear from me and then also dealt with people who were very intrigued to hear from me. So, <laughs> um, it was never, it was really never in the middle. Um, it was either one or the other. Um, but you know, as far, as far as like a, like a, experience background today um it, it definitely helps me with you know w- with my day-to-day job currently um you know i you know i speak with people on a daily basis you know it's my job to understand you know what's going on you know re- relate the activity um and you know put it in a simple format for you know very technical and non-technical people to understand um so i, I feel like that's helped me a lot as well um and you know going going beyond my day-to-day job um i actually you know started my own podcast series you know probably about a month ago now um and you know i've been able to leverage you know my customer service skills by you know just being able to talk to talk and um you know being able to you know relate to people's experiences and stuff like that as well well, we're down towards the end of the show. And uh, is there anything you would like to share before we end the podcast? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, uh, one advice I always like to give um, never, and obviously this goes out to any position as well, but, you know, since we're kind of talking about cybersecurity, um, you're you're not going to be able to know everything. Um, you know, that's obviously that's something that everyone deals with in in their day-to-day job and you know as far as you know you know piggybacking off you know what i said how you know me and you are you know we still learn every single day because we're we're not obviously gonna be able to know everything but um you know you can't know everything um so it's it's you know just to just to i guess help someone that's struggling or you know whatever you know they're trying to break into cybersecurity, you know, just learn what you're good at, I guess. Like, so figure out what your strong point is and kind of learn off of that because, um, cause that's one thing I dealt with. Um, cause I wanted to learn everything. I wanted to, you know, be able to do everything, but that's, it's just not feasible. Um, that's why, that's why there's so many different pathways in cybersecurity. Um, you know, you, you, you leverage the one you're good at and you take it. <laughs> That's that's great advice because yeah, there's so many things to learn in in cybersecurity, and one of the ways to look at how hard it is to keep up with learning is you look at how technology evolves. There's something totally new coming out every so many years, and then what we do have is constantly advancing and improving. So definitely uh, great advice on constantly learning and then finding what you're good at because it's hard to hard to be good at everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, to join the podcast and uh, I will be sharing with our our listeners your social media uh, accounts so they can reach out to you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be on this podcast. You're welcome. And also we'll be sharing the information for your podcast so people can tune in. So thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. 
If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.